Welcome to Inner Force. Your host is Angela King. Inner Force is all about using the tools within you to be a better leader. If you are looking to build a better business, connect more effectively with others, and become the leader you've always wanted to be, it's time to unleash your own inner force. Now, here is Angela King. Welcome. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. This week, we're exploring the practice of courage. Courage isn't something we're born with. It's something that we can learn to cultivate. Later in our New Ventures West segment, we'll be joined by Justin Wise, New Ventures West senior faculty member and founder of Third Space Coaching in the UK, who will join us live from London. So let's start with the definition of the inner force. We define it as our deepest, most authentic self and the source of our vitality. Inner force houses our deepest truths, our most tightly held values, and our intuition. Now, the mission of this show is to help us build our connection to ourself, regenerate the state of our inner world, and generate fuel for us to rise. In order to rise, we have to face our fears about whatever consequences we will face in doing so. In order to rise, we have to practice courage. Now, last week, we introduced the concept of the power of owning our emotions, and we're going to recap that framework and use it today as we apply it to the emotion that we're working with, which is fear. So step one is to tune in, to get present by bringing our attention to the emotion, such as fear. We, by doing so, we acknowledge it and give it the space it needs. Step two is to stay, to trust ourselves to stay with the physical sensations that may be arising with an emotion. And we can start an investigation of what it feels like when fear arises within us. Step one and step two help us with step three, which is to name the emotion. However we can, naming whether it comes through our mind or actually beginning to know the physical sensations that arise with emotion like fear. We may feel tightness or constriction in our belly, Feel can, fear can feel fluttery, or we can feel shakiness in our nervous system. So the question is, how does fear show up for you in your body? Step four is about the choice. We begin to see that we have a choice with what to do with an emotion, and this is where courage begins to t- come in, as well as step five, which is the take action step. We can start to know that we have choices in this situation. We can begin to see where we might be choosing to act out of fear. Or we can make a choice to be courageous, to face our fear and take that action that we need or want to take. Now, there's lots of definitions of courage out there. For purposes of today, we'll be defining it as the practice of feeling fear and acting anyway. Maya Angelou said it this way, one isn't necessarily born with courage, but one is born with potential. Without courage, we cannot practice any other virtue with consistency. We can't be kind, true, merciful, generous, or honest. Now, Brene Brown has studied shame and vulnerability for over a decade, and in her research, she's found that vulnerability is connected to courage. Brene defines vulnerability as, quote, uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. In her fantastic book, Daring Greatly, she says, quote, our rejection of vulnerability often stems from our association with emotions like fear, shame, grief, sadness, and disappointment. Emotions that we don't want to discuss, even when they profoundly affect the way that we live, work, love, and even lead. 
What most of us fail to understand and what took me a decade of research to learn is that vulnerability is also the cradle of emotions and experiences that we crave. Vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity. And in an effort to illustrate a little bit more about why this matters, I'd like to take my most vulnerable professional conversation at Apple in the last chapter of my 12 years and share that with you. I joined the team at Apple in 2000 during the early days of the creation of what we now know as the Apple stores around the world. Once the stores were open and we'd expanded in the United States, we turned our attention internationally. And this is where I took on my most difficult role. I was managing the real estate deal pipeline in 12 countries outside of North America. It was crazy between the tight timelines and the roller coaster nature of a deal itself. I was working and traveling over 300,000 miles a year, which meant I was at airports more than I went to the grocery store or the gym. And during this time, I began to get very far away from myself. Inherently, the work that I had landed in by some course of events was not aligned with my core strengths. And so after doing it for a couple of years, despite my small set of daily practices, I was a complete shell of myself. And I started my own deeper turn inward. I stepped into a self-inquiry to remember what were my core strengths. And when I looked at the answers from that inquiry versus the work I was doing, it was clear I needed to make a change. So I had what felt like an unthinkable and incredibly vulnerable conversation with my boss where I told him he had me in the wrong job. It was the most vulnerable thing I've ever said in my career. And I remember that I was shaking both inside and visibly. I said something to the effect of Apple retail needs the best in the world. That's the standard that we hold ourselves when we're making hiring decisions or even choices about vendors. And although I'm decent at this deal-making thing that I'm doing right now, I'm not the best in the world at this. I'm particularly good at something else, and I want to go do that. Now, he certainly wasn't pleased because we were vastly under-resourced at the time, and he took some time to think it over, which during those 24 hours or whatever it was, I was sure that Apple security was going to show up and take my badge and my computer because I was going to be fired. And yet to my shock and awe, he came back with an idea that put me in a new position, leading a team, leveraging my core strengths and doing what I knew at the time how to do best. So this notion of practicing courage, of feeling fear and vulnerability and acting anyway, it matters. I went from being in a job that wasn't a good fit, that was completely draining me, to one that was right in my wheelhouse and that gave me energy to do. And once I took a step of an act of courage and vulnerability of this magnitude, it became easier for me to do it again and again. Barry Kaplan and Jeff Manchester in their book, The Power of Vulnerability, say, vulnerability is an important leadership tenant. Vulnerability is the gateway to unleashing all our power. This may seem counterintuitive, but vulnerability is leadership within a team. When you are in a place where it feels safe to become more vulnerable and you show up with your truth, you're bringing your power to the team. And they go on to talk about what I have both experienced and witnessed countless times, both personally and professionally. When we're willing and able to be vulnerable and speak from a place of truth, we give the people around us permission to do the same. This can happen with our colleagues, our teams, our bosses, our loved ones. It is the secret sauce that brings us together. Tapping into our ability to step into our vulnerability is incredibly powerful, and it can change the way we show up in our work and our lives. 
I've recently been a part of a large leadership development program here in based in San Francisco with one of the world's most successful companies. And I've witnessed 70 of the company's top leaders wade into this territory. I've seen these leaders go from not understanding why vulnerability is important to getting clear about how it can impact their leadership. It gives us permission to, when we model the behavior as I've had to do with these retreats by leading with my own vulnerability, and it's palpable. It's contagious, and the impact can be tremendous. And the good news is only it takes one of us to lead the way, and others will follow. So what does it take to step into vulnerability? It takes facing our fears of rejection, of asking for help, of failing, of getting it wrong, of exposing too much of ourselves, of being laughed at or not liked, perceived as weak, and putting ourselves out there and maybe not getting a response. So the fears are going to be there. We need to acknowledge them however they show up and let them know that they get to stay, but we're going to slide them right on over into the passenger seat. They can't drive. We're the ones who get to drive. And we'll talk more in our next segment about how to do this. I love how Brene says it in Braving Strong. Quote, vulnerability is not winning or losing. It's having the courage to show up and be seen when we have no control over the outcome. Vulnerability is not weakness. It is our greatest measure of courage. We've got to take a quick break and we'll be back to hear more about how we can use the three centers of our being to help hold the fear and practice courage. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. 
Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Today, we're talking about the power of practicing courage. Last week, I was at a small gathering with author and poet David White, who hosted a discussion on leadership here in San Francisco. And one of the notions he raised is that the very position of being a leader is vulnerable due to the visibility of being a leader. And he also brought in this notion, which I loved, as vulnerability, not as a weakness, but as a faculty, that it's a skill in leadership. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. Practicing courage is making ourselves vulnerable, which means facing our fears. So where does fear come from? I'd like to bring in the notion of what's known as original fear, which Thich Nhat Hanh talks eloquently about in his book entitled Fear, Essential Wisdom for Getting Through the Storm. He is taking us back to a time when our lives first began to help us understand where our original fear stems from. He says, quote, as infants, each one of us knew that to survive, we had to get someone to take care of us. We still had to rely entirely on adults to survive. When you depend on someone or something else to survive, it means that a link, a kind of invisible umbilical cord is still there between you. Although we are no longer babies, we still fear that we cannot survive and that no one will take care of us. Every desire we will have in our lives has its root in this original fundamental desire to survive. We had to figure out how to get someone else to protect us, to take care of us, and to ensure our survival. Now, many different modalities bring in this concept of how we are impacted by our early years. And many also suggest the practice of attending to the inner small child that is, of course, still inside of us as a way to heal. Thich Nhat Hanh suggests talking to our fearful child inside. Now, bear with me because I know this may seem a little out there for some of us, but I've seen this work time and time again, both in myself and in clients. He suggests saying something like, quote, dear little child, I am your adult self. You are no longer a helpless child. We have grown up into an adult already. We have enough intelligence to protect ourselves, to survive by ourselves. We don't need anyone to take care of us anymore, end quote. And in addition to what he suggests here, I would add that it can be very helpful to get a photo of ourselves when we are young to help make the link of the child that is still inside of our grown-up, adult, very capable selves. Now, once we've made this leap in understanding where original fear comes from and stems from, we can start to accept that Fear is natural and normal, and everyone has it. And that can be of great support as we step into this work of practicing courage. It is through, of course, the acceptance of our emotions that they begin to transform. I love how the writer and founder of the Center for Courage and Renewal, Parker Palmer, puts it. He says, be not afraid does not mean that we cannot have fear. Everyone has fear. And people who embrace the call to leadership often find fear abounding. Instead, the words we do not need to be the fear we have. And I love this distinction. So how does fear show up for you? And how do you know that you have fear about something? How do you know when you've maybe acted and made a decision or an action out of fear? So I personally experience fear as a tightness or constriction in my body, specifically in my belly. 
With a fear, I often feel shakiness in my nervous system. I mentioned the freeze um, response in when we talked about our uh, nervous system, which is a common response to fear. And for me, I can realize that I've gone spacey or gotten foggy. And, and that's a cue to me, myself, that I know that I'm afraid of something. What's also true is once I'm through that freeze response, my logical mind can know afterwards that this thing that I'm afraid of is a relatively manageable thing. But in the moment, of course, I don't have access to that logic. I've got cortisol pumping through my system. I've been triggered by something and I'm having a freeze response, which is completely debilitating. So the emotion of fear can actually do that to us. It can stop us in our tracks. And so it can be transformative when we can learn to recognize the signs of how it shows up for us and to start to see that we have some choice. So let's talk about ways we can practice this. How can we build the muscle and what can support us along the way? I'd like to bring in some suggestions, strategies, and questions that might help us investigate how we can hold the fear and practice courage across the three centers of our being, our head, our heart, and our body. So let's start with the head. It can be helpful to remember all the ways that we've previously acted with courage in our lives. It can be helpful to see the ways that we're currently doing it in our life now. In the integral coaching method, we call this a self-remembering practice. And this is something we'll introduce as a practice of the week later in the show. Another strategy is to ask a series of self-reflection questions. For example, how am I meeting this situation? Am I meeting it with what is required or am I approaching it with my fears leading the way? Often, when the emotion of fear is arising, the inner critic is at work. The inner critic that we talked about a few shows ago, that natural, normal, yet confining structure that we all have. We can use the strategies that we worked on a few weeks ago in hearing, learning to hear our inner critic, disconnecting from it, and defending against any attacks. So one question to ask here is, what is the nature of your inner dialogue when fear is arising? So let's talk about the heart and some heart practices that could support acts of courage. We can take what Thich Nhat Hanh and many other healing professionals advise and speak to the little one inside of us, saying something as simple like, I've got this. We can actually visualize picking up the little one inside of us who is afraid and putting them over in the passenger seat next to us. We can snap them right in to the seatbelt with the seatbelt and say, you know, you get to stay here with me, but you got to sit over here while I do the driving. We can reach out for support from a trusted friend, colleague, or professional to help us hold fear that we may be feeling, to help us see the choices that we have in, a, in the matter. This can be super helpful because from the seat of fear, we may not be able to see the different choices we have in a situation. And we can bring in the parameters for setting up a conversation like we did last week where we were practicing creating psychological safety for ourselves in the presence of another When we have a clean, psychologically safe space where we've set up some parameters and ask somebody to listen without interrupting or commenting for a set period of time, we can often get to a place where we can name the emotion that we're having such as fear, and we may even be able to get deeper into our creativity about the situation and see the choice that we have. Now, when we're doing this kind of work, we want to be really relying on on our what I like to call our essence friends. Uh, 
And this can be a very short list of people. If we have one or two in our lives that can really see our essence and have the depth of capacity for holding difficulty without having to fix or change a situation, we're extremely lucky. So the question I have for you here is, who do you feel like could support you in practicing courage? So let's move to the body. What are body practices that could support acts of courage? We can use all that we've learned over the course of our work together through this inner force journey of tracking when our fear is at work. As a reminder from our mindfulness practice, we can start to learn that we are not our thoughts. We are the one observing our thoughts. And from the seat of the observer, it is much easier to hear the fear that we might have in our internal dialogue. From our practice of tracking our internal states that we also did a few weeks ago, we can begin to know what zone of regulation that we're, um, that is connected with fear for us. As a reminder, the zones of regulation are a framework that we introduced by Leah Coopers, who defines regulation as the ability to achieve a preferred state of alertness for any given situation. This includes regulating one's body's needs and as well as one's emotions. She uses four colored zones, blue for the low states of awareness when some is, someone feels sad, tired, sick, or bored, the green for a regulated state of awareness when we're calm, focused, and content, yellow, which designates the spectrum from excited to anxious, which may show up as stress, frustration, anxiety, and have those body sensations I was talking about earlier in terms of a a flutteriness or a shakiness. And the red zone, which is used to describe extremely heightened states of alertness where somebody may be experiencing extreme constriction, anger, explosive, explosive behavior of some kind, or panic. And so the question we could have here is, what zone does fear show up for you? From all that we've learned about the body and our internal states, we can use the strategies of conscious breathing, of the grounding practices we've talked about, of paying attention to our body position to help us hold the fear that we may have and regulate ourselves. It's also um, an opportunity to start to notice the levels in our fuel tank that we've talked about. It's much more difficult to act with courage when we're exhausted, on edge, and not feeling resourced in ourselves. It's much more likely that we'll fall prey to our inner critic in this state. So we definitely want to pay attention and meet whatever well-being need we may have. So a question we could ask here is what body practices, what fueling up rituals will support you in practicing courage? Now we need to take a quick break and we'll be back for our New Ventures West segment in which we'll speak to Justin Wise, New Ventures West senior faculty member and founder of Third Space Coaching, who will join us live from London. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, 
Leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Today, in our New Ventures West segment, we're super fortunate to have Justin Wise with us, who's calling in from London. Justin is a coach, educator, writer, and musician. He loves books, language, ideas, and big questions. He thinks a good question is nearly always better than a good answer. After founding a software company that revolutionized TV news graphics and won a Queen's Award for innovation, he founded a coaching company dedicated to a particularly giant question. What does it take for human beings to bring their most important gifts to the world? And that, he thinks, is a question worth all our efforts. I couldn't agree more. Justin, thanks so much for joining us today so late in your day. Oh, it's such a pleasure, Angela. So as you know, we're talking today about practicing acts of courage and the reality of fear. And I thought we might start with how do you meet fear? What's your experience of it? So I'm so glad you're asking this question because one of the things I found out about myself in recent years is that I experience a lot of fear. It's quite uh, common for me to feel afraid in very ordinary situations, sometimes even uh, waking up in the morning right into it. And um, one of the things that's become really apparent to me, Angela, is that for years and years, I thought I was the only one who was afraid, which of course makes it so much worse. And it's only as I've begun to be brave enough to tell people how afraid I can get and how 
um, swamped with fear my body easily gets that I found out I'm, maybe this is no surprise, I'm not the only one. Yes. The more I find out I'm not the only one, the less I believe what my body seems to be telling me. And that's been um, a huge liberation. Yeah, I'm so glad you're bringing that in. I mean, I think that's so why I wanted to talk about this subject as a part of the show, because Mm -hmm. it's just, it's so important for everybody to know that we all have this. And maybe could you say a little bit about your experience of it in your body? Like, how does it show up? Oh, yes. So it's um, the place I know it most is in my belly and just above. So right where my solar plexus is. Right. Often the the strongest sign that I'm afraid is that I have a a tightness there. And sometimes I can feel afraid without knowing it. And it's the body part of it that's the most telling for me. Because my thoughts don't often change in a way that I can identify immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's the other thing. And then you were talking earlier, Angela, about um, freezing. So I, I freeze and also... Maybe this is connected to the um, the mind part of it. I realize that I lose often lose the ability to think clearly. I have um, repetitive thoughts. They're not necessarily fear thoughts, but they go round and round and round and round, mm-hmm. same thing again and again and again. Right. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. I um, yeah, I experience it as that that spaciness where all of a sudden I'm not tracking to a conversation. And it's been super empowering for me to understand that that spaciness is connected to something that is happening that may seem mundane, but I'm afraid of. And so it gives me an opportunity once I can acknowledge that it's happening to then figure out what to do. Yes. And I think think for me, too, what happens is um, one way of dealing with fear is I withdraw very quickly from the world. Mm-hmm. So the feeling of being out of contact with the people around me is also a really strong indicator for me that I got afraid. Mm-hmm. Well, that's another nice way to know that something's happening mm. that needs attention. And one of the things in our conversation a few weeks ago, you talked about the notion of act, asking for help as an act of courage. And I was wondering if you could say a bit more about how you support that in your work, maybe with clients or in your own journey. Yes. <clears throat> so it, it occurred to me some time ago, and you said this also earlier on, that uh, courage isn't the absence of fear. That in fact, often what courage is, is when we act even though, or maybe particularly because we're feeling afraid. And one of the things I love about the word courage is that, as far as I understand it, um, it comes from the French word cœur or heart. So courage is a, a heart-inspired action right in the, in the midst of fear. Yes. And our hearts, it seems to me, are exactly that part of us which can bring us into relationship with other people. So I I said to you a minute or two ago that the the biggest myth for me with fear, and I think with many people who I meet and work with about fear, is um, I'm the only one who's afraid. And if I admit to being afraid, things will get way, way worse. And so often that just keeps the fear going. It fuels it. Yeah. Which is why 
um, for me, it was such a revelation to find out that when I told people who cared about me, colleagues, friends, family, that I'm afraid, almost always what happens is I get supported, I get met. Right. And that very often that's the first and most difficult move to make because it seems so obvious when we're in the grip of fear that that's the the wrong thing to do. And that's why I think coaching can be um, such an incredibly helpful uh, intervention here because sometimes we need a coach or a friend or someone who can say to us, no, not what you're doing. Uh, Withdrawing from other people is going to keep the fear going and who can encourage us into that um, first and what can feel like an incredibly brave but extraordinarily liberating step of talking to people. Yeah. Yeah. And it occurs to me that the talking to people about it is really vulnerable because you don't know how they're going to react. Right. Well, it feels vulnerable in that way. Yes. But I think this is the point that Brenny Brown makes that you were bringing in earlier, which is that we don't act when we when we think that vulnerability is going to be um, damaging to us because it exposes us and something bad might happen. Mm-hmm. It gets us caught very quickly in this cycle of um, holding back and keeping away. And it's it's actually more often than not than not that the act of making ourselves, I would prefer to say, available rather than vulnerable. Making myself available to others is actually a great act of uh, possibility and in the end of strength because we get supported in a way that we never could if we keep it to ourselves. Yeah, I love that. It's a beautiful way to say it. I love that take on it. Mm. And, and maybe one of the questions I wanted to ask was around how, how is being vulnerable as a man particularly challenging in our culture? Mm. It is really challenging, isn't it? Yeah. Um, And I think, of course, it has so much to do with what we've just been saying, is that uh, boys and young men particularly are socialized so quickly into this story about we have to be strong, we have to be dependable, we have to know stuff, we have to be able to solve things and fix things. And this comes at us from so many different angles not just in our families, but in schools and through the media and literature and films, all of these kind of things. And the problem with all of these narratives is that they work against making ourselves available because, or vulnerable because in order to be vulnerable so that I can get help, I have to admit that I'm not always and sometimes none of the things on that list. I have to be able to say, I'm scared, I'm confused, I don't know what to do. And it's, it's so powerfully countercultural that it's really difficult for, I think it's difficult often for men in general, and I think it's particularly difficult in certain kinds of environments like uh, businesses as people get yes. promoted into positions of more and more res- responsibility. We make the mistake that that thinks, oh, now we think, now I have to be more knowledgeable and um, less afraid and you see where this right. goes is that as, as, as we become more, in a way, influential in organizations, we also think that we should uh, keep up the act more and more, which, of course, keeps it going. Yes. Yes. 
And it also, in ways, closes down possibilities for our team, right? Because there's no room for people to speak up or have a say or step in and help. Or there's sort of a way that it can, I think, close things down when in reality what we want to do is open it up to possibility. Yeah, Angela, I so agree with you. And I've seen any of us who've worked in a team in in any kind of organization have probably met exactly the situation either in our, in ourselves or in someone we're working with which is that when someone gets afraid the easy thing to do is to try to hold on tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter and and one of the ways that this often shows up it seems to me is we end up trying to do everything in order to uh, push away the feeling of being afraid so suddenly right. we're over everything that our teams are doing, checking all the time or um, making sure everything's done exactly our way. And of course, that, that is another route by which we keep the fear going because it's a way of being hypersensitive to any threat, mm-hmm. suddenly a problem. And um, as keeps on coming into, into our conversation, it seems to me again and again and again that the, the move that is the most helpful one is almost always so counterintuitive when we're stuck in the grip of that fear, which is it's the move of letting go so that other people can reach us. Yeah, absolutely. Such a tricky one to do. Such a tricky one to do, and it, and one that most of us are never taught to do. Mm-hmm. Because we're yeah. taught that the connection is between the more effort I put in, the more likely it is that I'll get what I want. That's right. And, um for such a large number of human situations in particular, it doesn't go that way. Right. The tighter we cling, the less likely we are to be able to draw on our best qualities to bring into the situation or um, to allow other people the opportunity to step forward and bring their own heart and goodness and capacity into play. Yes. Thank you so much for bringing that in. And we have to take a quick break, but we'll be back to talk more with Justin Wise. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. We're talking today about practicing acts of courage. And we're joined by Justin Wise, who is a senior faculty member at New Ventures West and founder of Third Space Coaching in the UK. So I'd love to pick up where we left off on this idea of how do we make the move to letting go when our impulse is to hang on tighter? Well, one of the mistakes, Angela, that I think many of us make when we're afraid is to leave most of ourselves out. But what we end up leaving out is our hearts, the wisdom and softness and courage of our hearts and the presence that's possible by being in contact with our own bodies. I I know that for me, the trap is um, imagining that I can think my way out of fear. So the, the more I'm convinced of this, the harder I think, and the more thoughts that I think, the more I can feel that I'm still afraid. And the more I think, the more afraid I get, and it goes on and on and on and on and on. And it's striking me as we're talking that one of the problems with this is it's really a profound way of not trusting ourselves. We don't trust. I think it was Thich Nhat Hanh who said this in an earlier segment when you were reading. We, we don't trust ourselves enough, uh, our capacity to face what it is that's here. Mm-hmm. So I found that um, really simple things to start with, for example, breathing yeah. slowly is probably the first step. It's the one that interrupts um, my frantic thinking and it gives me a chance to be back in contact with myself. Right. So that's the, the first step. And the second step, it seems to me, is something like feel your feet on the ground, feel the ways in which you're already and always supported because we are always supported. Yeah. And then this radical move that we were talking about before, which is speak to someone. Yeah. Speak to one of your close in people, speak to one of your essence friends, say the words, I'm afraid. And often it's in the actual bodily speaking of it to another human being who can hear and who doesn't flee or scream or run away or go crazy, that we realize that it's fine. We can feel afraid and we're in it with other people. Yes, absolutely. I feel that support coming both internally and externally. Yes. Yeah. I think that's right. 
the the mistake is to imagine that we're alone and that somehow we have to solve this on our own and maybe this is where for many of us our very strong um, inner criticism comes into play very quickly which is don't don't uh, tell anyone if you tell somebody you'll make it way worse if you tell someone you'll never survive right and our, our inner critics say the craziest things to us and we <laughs> we believe them and maybe this is exactly what courage calls on from us is, is probably the biggest form of courage is the courage to step out of the constraint of this very powerful inner force that is uh, doing its best to not um, have us reveal ourselves to anyone else. That's right. Yeah, we did a we did a show a few weeks ago on the inner critic and how to start to hear it and um, defend against it. And that this is a natural and normal structure that we all have that gets in our way. And, you know, my sense is that when when we're really stepping into something uh, courageous, that our inner critic gets a lot louder because its job from when it was created as a structure was to keep us safe. And so the volume can get incredibly loud, at least in my own personal experience. Yeah. And then our, our uh, faculty, our skill of defending against it and seeing it with objectivity becomes even more important in that moment. Some of the best advice I think I ever got given was if I'm not being chased by a tiger or a lion or something and I'm feeling afraid and I'm feeling under assault by my inner critic, I'm probably doing something necessary, important, courageous, exactly for the reasons that you're saying. It, yes. it comes against us right when we're about to take the risk of stepping out and doing something that matters that people may not like, that people may think is unusual or exciting or surprising or creative, whatever it is. That's right when we're going to feel afraid and under assault by the critic the most and that's exactly the time that uh, returning to our own bodily capacity and the support of others can help us to go oh maybe actually what's going on is I'm about to do something that matters here yeah absolutely well unfortunately we have to wrap up our time together Justin thank you so much for your time and joining us so late in your day from London oh it's been a pleasure Angela thank you thank you so it's that time in the show when we introduce the practice of the week. And this week, we're introducing the idea of self-remembering, which is when we call in the expansive knowledge about ourselves that has us know what's true in our core, has us be able to touch into the depth of our inherent essential qualities, the qualities that are always there, and we all we have to do is turn our attention so this practice helps us recall situations when we have embodied the quality of courage. And so the idea is daily for the next week to take a few minutes to self-reflect and do this self-remembering practice. We'd like to consider having you add it to your one-on-one meeting that we've been doing with ourselves, which 
for those of you who might be new, the idea of that is to take a short five-minute period of time and use a framework of a one-on-one meeting that you would have maybe with a boss or a employee, a team member, and turn it in towards yourself. So it's a, it's a time to take a few minutes to check in. And the steps for this are to, one, get present, to take a few conscious breaths, to then Step into this idea of self-remembering to bring to mind a situation either from the day or in the past where you've demonstrated courage by taking an action or speaking up in the midst of fear. And then if you're having trouble with this, to seek support from somebody who you trust to help you remember an act of courage. We can ask ourselves maybe a question also of what did it feel like in my body when I took this Uh, step and demonstrated courage in the midst of fear, if you can remember. And then the last is to just say congratulations to yourself by cultivating, we cultivate courage by practicing and self-remembering can be a super supportive tool in helping us remember the moments when we felt fear and acted anyway. So you can download this Practice of the Week recap at fuelinnerforce.com and you can also send us your questions and comments there. That concludes today's show. We hope you'll tune in next week when we talk about the power of boundaries. Similar to acts of courage, setting, maintaining, and adjusting our boundaries also takes practice. We'll break down the concept and talk about why they're critical to our effectiveness as leaders and in our well-being. We'll get underneath what can make setting, holding, and adjusting them tricky and assess some strategies for dealing with what gets in our way. In our New Ventures West segment, we'll be joined by Marina Illich, who is also a certified integral coach and a member of the New Ventures West faculty. We hope you'll join us here on the Voice America Business Channel on Tuesday, 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. The most important connection you have is the one that you cultivate with yourself. Connect, ignite, rise. I'm Angela King, and this is Interforce. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you for tuning in this week to Interforce. Be sure to join host Angela King for another program next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Interforce. Connect. Ignite. Rise. Rise.